0: Hey there, welcome to the Metro Minute, where if you're looking for the best practices in public schools, you're in the right place. Welcome,
1: everyone, to another episode of the Metro Minute from the Metro Bureau. My name is Mike Van Camp, Associate Executive Director of the Metro Bureau. And today we're going to be doing part one of a two-part series on communications within school systems, and I'm very pleased to have with us the founder and CEO of K-12 Media, Sean Patterson, and the Chief Operating Officer, Carrie Sink. Welcome, Sean and Carrie. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you. Before we get going, and I know today we're we're going to be focusing on external, right? Then we're going to do part two on internal. But can you just tell us a bit about the work you do at K-12
0: Media? We we always tell you smaller districts is you know, you kind of think of us as the communication department that you wish you had down the hall. So even though we're virtual, uh, we can handle uh, things for superintendents like kind of from a traditional direction, like helping them write emails, craft a message, you know, a public speaking message. Um, They might have a press release that they need taken care of. And so we have traditional specialists that can help them out there. And then from the digital side of things, we offer things such as moving a website over or website management um, all types of content. We got our start with video, huge. Um, we run social media campaigns and social media you know, channels for school districts, school branding. Um, we've really had some amazing luck with school bonds um, and, and we crush enrollment. And so just from the digital traditional side of things with those smaller districts, we're a one-stop shop. When we move over to the larger districts, um, there's no school that can afford um, everything you know in communications. So whether they need a you know folks to shoot, edit, um, and script out video, or they need branding, or graphics, or website stuff, um, th- there's there's no possible way to afford twelve you know kind of comms people. So you know we pro- provide support with those larger districts and those directions. Or we might run a bond campaign for them or an enrollment campaign. So um, there's just a lot that goes into communication nowadays with both. A traditional and a digital side of things.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, we're hitting on external communications today. Um, So what is it? If you had to maybe begin with one big thought, one important trend, what would you suggest to a current superintendent regarding communication with their external uh, school
0: community? So, so it's a tough one, and it's, it's kind of hard to digest, uh, and it seems very simple, um, but it is absolutely be organic. Um, in day-to-day communication, what the community is used to seeing now, or they're, they're used to seeing folks who are organic on social channels and, you know, and just in, in business in general, um, the whole professional vibe in day-to-day communication is gone. So communities respond a lot better when we act like people and not professionals. Um, even in educated communities, we, we would get arguments way early on or we'd have, you know, school leaders argue with us. Um, you know, we have a predominantly educated community. And the fact of the matter is, is that um, the analytics tell us they want they want in their day to day you know lives to see normal, typical people. They don't want to see overly professional folks. Um, and so so the professional, you know, kind of button gets pushed during a crisis that's when we we change our game but in the day-to-day kind of you know communication you know deal with your community it's it's really you know we really need them to consider being very organic.
2: Yeah and like a traditional example of you know what superintendents would normally write and that we're we're trying to get them away from would be, you know, they would write an email message that's written and sent out as a PDF and it would say a message from the superintendent. And that just does not work. When there is an attachment that looks like a board brief or has a school seal, it just really upsets parents. So, you know, we recommend you don't start the email with a long title about how you're the superintendent. They know it. You want to make sure that your, your text of your email is in the body of the actual email from the superintendent, even if the superintendent's not writing it. So you want to start your email out with your first name. You can mention a line or two about something regarding you personally, and then head into the initiative or the thing that you want to talk about. But the biggest thing to remember with this is just to be personal. That's really going to gauge the most engagement. And, and we see, you know, people screenshotting and con- commenting negatively on these emails um, from the data that we collect when they're sending out these formal emails and PDFs.
0: And two. If I'm communicating, I'm in a school leader and I'm up in front of people, I really want to add something about my life, you know, something about my children or my grandchildren or something that I'm doing currently in the community. Um, that's kind of the, the kickoff is, is, you know, talking about my normal life and then explain, explaining the initiative. The other thing is um, we can tell you words to not use. Are words like stakeholder and equity. I, I beat a dead horse. I know even Michael, you've been hanging out with us for a long time because we help out with the Metro Bureau. You'll hear me say that over and over again. Those types of words, the education world words that we use, they're just, they're not responding well to that. And that's why they're getting angry because they don't see folks um, in other you know kind of business areas. They don't see them acting like that anymore.
1: No, oh, I hear you, right? Building relationships and connecting is about being real. I know I only ask you for one, but I'm going to have a follow-up, um, so I apologize for that. But I've also heard you mention before about being brief. Can you speak to that at all? Like, I know it's about being organic, but how about like about the right length or being, brevi- you know, the brevity
0: well, you know, I can I can handle that. You know, and Carrie will we'll, we'll, you know chat about that sometimes in in meetings. You know, outside of you know when we're working with a district, and you'll you'll get this. You'll know, like so if they want to shoot a video, they'll want to shoot a five minute video, or they'll want to make a super long email, or they'll want to have a long long talk. And really, um, you notice that content is being served up so quickly with 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 social media and. Usually, you can get a great message in little bits, and so we really want you to cut that down. Um, if if you can get on video and you have an editor in your district, you know you might explain an initiative here and there through, you know, 15, 20 seconds. Um, but but this this long professional deal is just it, it. You know, folks. A they don't have time for that, and um, th- they're being fed so much they don't they don't have time. To, to read a super long email. It needs to be short.
1: Right. Well, and, and you just teed up the next question. So you mentioned video, you've mentioned social media. So like digital resources, can you share more thoughts on communicating with
0: your community digitally? So for myself, personally, you know, that started a long time ago. Um, my superintendent uh, had asked us to do some work or ask me and a a friend of mine in in my school district to do some work um with enrollment and what i noticed was again she wanted to say long you know talk long and use you know long educated words Um, and i'm looking out on social and i'm seeing folks grab a cell phone and like everyone's strapped to it. Everyone is strapped to their cell phones. And so we could get a much better message if the message on our cell phone was much more dialed in. So back then I would I would kind of beg her to please, you know, be short. Let's post regular content on social media. Let's use video. We're gonna win. Um, and the biggest deal with that was I noticed that when she portrayed herself as Dr. Catherine Cost. We lost over and over again. We lost viewers. We lost when we talked about a single mom with triplets um, with a simple iPhone and a couple edits, um, you'd be surprised, you know, um, in a lot of your districts, you have a video edit in your school district an editor. Um, And so we really highly suggest a a quick snip of a video will blow away email. If it's important, they absolutely need to know who you are. And In fact, I always mention this and it might not seem professional, but I want to be organic. I married that superintendent. I was so convincing through passing bonds and such, which we'll talk about, that I ended up marrying her. Um, I, I and I knew in my heart back then. I didn't have the numbers, but I knew that if if she did something like that, it, you know, that it would be, it would you know come across a lot better.
2: And Sean, your hunch was so on the mark then. I mean, look at they made fifty-two million dollars for their schools by passing that bond and growing enrollment in just three short years. So. You look at today, K-12 media, we've helped pass $1.1 billion in bonds and have boosted school enrollment like crazy. So, you know, we understand this. But more importantly, you know, by using the regular social media platforms with things like video, we've learned how to manage that reputation side for the districts and the superintendents, which is so important.
1: I love that. And, uh, you know, I guess reputations uh, goes into district pride or, or branding for that district. So can you speak a bit to school branding? Like when I was a high school principal, we've all walked into high schools and we see the school emblem everywhere and mottos and and people wearing their staff shirts and, and all this stuff which I would call school branding way more difficult on a district basis. So can you speak to uh, district branding and what it
0: has to do with teaching and learning? Sure. So um, I always use Harley and Apple as a reference when it comes to that. Harley Davidson and Apple. You're, you're riding a Harley or you you have an Apple, you not have an iPhone. And there's a vast community that uses vast types of people that ride or you know use you know, that type of tech year, right? And so in a school district, you already have the start of a brand following which most people would love, most businesses would love. And it's just kind of activating, you know, the look and the feel of that brand. Um, it's the best way to get your whole community on board. We don't like it because it sounds like salesy, uh, but it, it is super important. Um, they've got to be excited kind of about your mission um, because school leaders don't like to hear this. But if you're boring, uh, you're not well-received. Right.
2: Yeah, so tagging on that, I would say, um, you know, you want to make your school's brand really trendy and then trustworthy. Um, some of the other things you can do is, you know, make sure that you're on social media and websites and your physical spaces and even the things you say are consistent with your brand. And if you have to say educating your tagline. I mean, I think we've beaten that to death. So it really needs to come off to be something very trendy and sounds really good and invigorates people, right? Um, Like both Apple and Harley-Davidson, like you said, they've reached all types of people. So most schools already have a broad following. You just really need to activate it properly.
1: Love it. Love it. So, we went through some uh, specific questions. I guess any last words, any bullet points you'd share as we wrap up this episode of the Metro Minute?
0: Sure, quickly, if, if we just want to remind leaders again if you follow these simple suggestions, get on video. You know, think about a brand, think about what your school looks like, your school's first front door, which is a cell phone. If you do these things, we know we have data and analytics now after years of, you know, passing bonds and managing school reputations, we know that you're going to actually manage a crisis three years in advance. Because when something comes up that's difficult, if you're physically in front of your community with with video or or you're a person... They're going to believe you and they're not going to turn on you, which is what we see a lot. Um, if you're an influencer in the community, which we know that you're about the kids, it's it's just going to really help, you know, to manage, you know, that crisis when it does come.
1: Love it. Well, thanks, Sean and Carrie. We really, really, really appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode today.
2: Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. This was part one of a two-part series on school district communications. We did deal with external communications today. Make sure you tune in for the next episode where we discuss internal communications. And uh, once again, thanks to Sean and Carrie. And remember, at the Metro Bureau, we are here to support our districts. Please reach out whenever needed. You can contact us through our website at www.metroburo.org. We are here to help. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks so much for learning with us on the Metro Minute. This cast is powered by K-12 Media, always keeping schools communicating with their communities. By the way, we'd love to see your comments or questions on this cast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button so you're always notified of our up-and-coming episodes. Don't forget to visit our website at MetroBureau.org if you're looking for anything in public education in southeastern Michigan. We're so excited to see you next time for the Metro Minute.